and welcome to the third episode of Wine, Women, and Westeros. I have here with me today, well, first of all, I'm Jennifer Cheek. You guys know me. I'm on this podcast like every week. And with me, I have Annie Bickerton. Hello. And Betsy Cohen. Hello, everyone. We're back just like old times, eating snacks, drinking wine. Uh, I think that our wine of the evening right now is a trapiche. Malbec, for now, for the moment, until we get on direct to Goliath later, like we, we do. We've become kind of regulars by wine drinking. Cause yeah, they're, yeah, they're we like really the Rex. We like, we like a good value. Yeah, <laughs> We like that cock wine. It's so tasty, look, whatever. It's delicious. I know, you guys sometimes <laughs> give us recommendations, and I have tried them before. Someone told me one time to try a trim- Tempranillo, and I tried it, and it was tasty. I'll but, try. um... Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for that. Keep them coming. So... Hopefully you remember from last time, we were supposed to talk about the entirety of Season 2, last podcast episode, but we had a little snafu with our <laughs> recording. Uh, it was probably Jennifer's fault because it made all of her dreams come true to have that happen. <laughs> I had a dream that I was recording a podcast with Mark Marin, but that I forgot to hit record and it never went. Guess what happened to our podcast? We didn't, we didn't hit, hit record. record. So the first hour, gone. It's Tim Marin's It was Tim's fault. fault. It was definitely Tim's fault. Totally Tim's yeah. fault. So you should you should harass him on Twitter about that and make him feel really terrible. Just make him just hate his life. Or <laughs> you could be like, "Hey Tim, thanks for making sure there was an episode three of Wine This is true. Before season three of Game of Thrones. Exactly. Good point. Good point. So maybe we should actually not be super mad at Tim. Hey, thanks, Tim. You're giving us another excuse to drink wine together. Oh, you're welcome. That's that, was a, that was a bad Tim impression. <laughs> <laughs> I should give a good one because like I live with him and stuff. You love him so much. Um, but anyway, so last time the first. <laughs> hour that we talked about did not make it actually onto the recording, so we have a lot left to talk about yeah, from season two. Um, so if we repeat anything, I, I'm sorry. It's been a while since we I'm not recorded. sorry. I'm not sorry. You'll get over it. Yeah, you probably forgot. You'll let's probably be laugh again, because you'll just, you'll just so happy. We're so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and let's face it, we all want to relive it, because we're waiting desperately. Oh my god, so many <laughs> weeks until the next season of Game of Thrones. So really, what better, like, what are you going to be doing anyway other than listen to us chat? So, let's talk about our lives. You guys, <laughs> we don't either. It's okay. You guys are really cool. So, let's let's start out with a character that apparently we didn't talk about last episode, which is just really upsetting. Um, Marjorie Tyrell, who I just really enjoyed. We gotta, we gotta get yeah. that cone of shame off of her. Oh my god, she has the most cone of shame. What's up with her clothes in the show? Not <laughs> to be. Awesome. Also, yeah. boobs. Also awesome. Also awesome. Boobs are awesome. The weird cape. Shoulder thing. Yeah, it's not it's, sure what's going on there. Kind of like it. Kind of don't like it. I've heard it um, compared to a popcorn ball, like oh, yeah. a rain barrel. I think cone of shame. I like it. is the most accurate. I yeah, I like the cone of shame. Marjorie, Marjorie loves the cone of shame. Apparently, <laughs> I, um, I think that the best summation of Marjorie was from the second to last or last episode. I believe she's talking to Littlefinger, and. He's talking about how she wants to be a queen, and he says, and she says, I want to be the queen, which is, I think, our best defining moment of Marjorie in the season, and really encapsulates what's so important about talking about her is that they have changed the crap out oh my of God. the book. Yeah. Which in, is so great. Yeah, in the books, she's just kind of there. She's not really someone you think about at all. She's just part mm. of the, kind of part of she's the storyline, but not, yeah, scenery. And Good think, way to put it. And I think in the book, maybe, maybe she is conniving. I don't know. We don't know anything about her. Yeah, so she's kind of like a Cersei in training, maybe. Yeah. We don't maybe. get any. We don't get any viewpoints from her in the book. Yeah. So I think it's, it's a lot hard. I think it's a lot easier in the show to like. I don't know. Kind of change her character, but still be very true to the book. Because it's like, mm-hmm. well, the book doesn't really say that much about her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I personally 
love what they did with her. I think they basically mixed her and Boleyn in with Marjorie and made that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest, like, I feel like there's enough passive lady characters in general on TV. Like, let's yeah. have some more interesting, conniving women. I'm down with that. I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. I mean, women who clearly have an objective and, yeah. like, are pursuing it and are, are using the means available to them to make their position better, which is exactly the point of you know, why women are so great on this show. I think mm-hmm. that, that the way they've transformed her from the book just exemplifies what HBO has done really, really well. I think that she's Yeah, I think the- having, st- like, strong female characters, mm-hmm. other than just a couple, you know, it's not just Catelyn and, Sen- and, um, mm-hmm. and Arya, which the book really feels like most women are just there to be marginalized or raped. Yeah. And in the show, I really feel like they're doing a lot more work to make the female characters complicated and interesting and give yeah. them their own life. Now, yeah. do you think, do you, did you guys get the sense that people liked the way Marjorie's character was changed, or did the people not like it? Because I heard, I saw some rumblings in my forum readings, and people were like, oh, I didn't like the way Marjorie was changed. Really? And I think, I kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm, like, totally off base in, like, reading too much feminist shit into this, but I feel like characters who, a character who act like Marjorie, who was a dude, no one would think anything of that. Mm-hmm. But I think, like... Like, would you call a dude conniving? I don't know. Like, I feel like women yeah, who are, yeah, like... it's a very gendered word. I feel like women who are, mm-hmm. like, vying for power are seen in such a more negative way. Like, same with Cersei, really. Like, yeah. I, like, when I first started reading this series, I really didn't like Cersei, but I've really come around, to be honest. I mean, she's still, like, yeah. a bitch, but I, I kind of mean that as a compliment, well, to be I think honest. That, I think that what's so great about the medium of the show is that, is that in the book, Cersei is a bitch. You don't have any sense of Cersei's background and motivations in the same way, so you have a hard time having compassion for her and understanding where she's coming from. Mm -hmm. And and, however, on the show, it's really different. Like, you understand a lot more about what Cersei wants, where Cersei's coming Mm -hmm. from, and what she has to go through to get what she wants. Like, honestly, I kind of feel like Cersei in the show is more sympathetic than Marjorie is, really. Because, like, Cersei's doing it for her kids, she's doing it because she was, you know, treated like shit because she was a girl. Marjorie's just like... I want rule, man. You yeah. also still know a lot less about Marjorie. This is true. Um, and so I, maybe she's in the same type maybe, of situation. Maybe, maybe I don't know. She, is, maybe, yeah. she probably isn't, though. I think that... Well, she has no kids, first of all. She so has no kids. There's no, like, you know, motivating factor there. I mean, it's a lot more about her, maybe her family status, but it's also, I think, uh, like you just mentioned, that, like, she's kind of a Cersei in training, but I think that's really... It's a little bit more complicated than that, because she... Like, Cersei comes into her marriage, like, not wanting the power at all. Like, she mm-hmm. does not want to be the queen. Yeah. She wants to just, like, do, live her life and be a warrior or be independent or mm-hmm. have power of, of her, over her own choices and she doesn't and she makes the most of what being the queen is but that was never something Cersei really wanted. And honestly, in the, um, in the books too, with Cersei, mm-hmm. like, I don't remember. I hope I'm not spilling anything. I don't remember which book this comes from but, like, Cersei really wanted to love Robert. Like, she yeah. really did. Like, was, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was early enough. She tried. Yeah, she tried. I I think you're right. Um, The one thing I do see is really similar is kind of them using their sexuality as, like, power against their um, spouses and that their role as, like, a wife and a Mm -hmm. mother kind of comes into play, the, like, consummating the marriage thing. And then Cersei's, you know, the issue of not having... um, you know, there's always, like, the heir, having an heir, and... It's, like, such a big deal. Having like, a bloodline, yep. and that's, like, a huge part of their power as women, is, like, mm-hmm. being the creators of the bloodline. What's so that? that I do see is, like, a similar... It, you know, they're exercising the only power they have, which is mm-hmm. 
you know, their sexuality and their role as a wife. So that yeah. feels similar. But there's me. there's so much else going on. I mean, Cersei initially does try to give Robert an heir, but then gives up, and she's like, no, I'm going to give you all these fake heirs. Fuck you. Because you suck, and I don't yeah. want to have your kids. Because I hate, I hate, I hate you. you the most. And mm-hmm. Marjorie is like, Going so oh man yeah with Renly and Aaron can we like oh, yeah. talk about that oh my god let's just remind in case you forgot for some yeah. reason um Marjorie knows that her brother and Renly are getting it with each yeah. other not just like they're, Ren- they're like boyfriends they're like yeah. what what they're in, in love the butt. they are super what what in the butt <laughs> you want to do it in my butt yeah in well my I butt? kind of you I, in yeah <laughs> I mean there's something really interesting about like I lo- I love this that scene because it's it's sort of the first time you really think about homosexuality in that, you know, like, the medieval era or whatever. Yeah. And it seems, it's, like, super realistic, like, the sort of hidden, like, gay relationship, mm-hmm. like, masked by having a wife. And the fact that she's using that as her blackmail and her power against him is just, seems so, like, right on. Like, it's it's so perfect in a certain way, yeah. like, the way she's doing that. And, and the fact that she's just so upfront about it and, like, her, uh, her like, lack of... She, her, her, I guess, like, not being embarrassed about it is what's giving her power. And, like, meanwhile, he's expecting her to just kind of be shameful and be embarrassed and, like, look the other way. But the fact that she's like, no, you're gay and you're sleeping with my fucking brother. Yeah. I'm not sure she's trying to shame him, though, or trying yeah. to blackmail him. The sense I got from that scene was, like, she it was, like, being yeah. very understanding. Yeah, being I kind of... Like, you know what? Like, I know this isn't working. Like, let's figure out how to make this work because all I, I need yeah. you to, like, get me pregnant. Yeah. Let's, let's work on this. Yeah, I kind of felt... It wasn't like she's like... Hey, I know your secret, and I'm going to hold it against you until, until you yeah. bone me. Until you put a baby in. See, me. that's more kind like, of how I felt about it. I kind of really? felt she was like, "Oh yeah, you're not. We're not going to have sex. Well, how about I bring my brother in here? Because that, like, ah, you I need to get me pregnant so I can get my shit done. And I've never have even a right. thought about that. Being I didn't think about it that way. I think. Yeah. Oh, but it makes more sense I kind of felt like that's her that's her trump card man like that's her yeah. that's her tool against him yeah. it's like but she also never tells anyone after he dies yeah she never What's confirms up? that when Littlefinger is like well she kind of yeah. can't say that she you know consummated the marriage because that would fuck things up with the, the later like yeah. trying to get it with Joffrey yeah. um, but I do think that Marjorie Marjorie loves Loras like I think they're very close from what I understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I kind of, I don't know, the sense I got was more like, hey, look, I really need a baby, okay? Because this is like, I want to be the yeah. queen, and this is what I can do, so yeah. just do what you need to do. I'm not trying to judge, whatever. Bring my brother in, that's fucking awkward. A lot of people were like, super weirded out by that scene, but I don't know, it kind of makes sense. I thought it was, like, I mean, it was weird, but I thought it was like, really freaking interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, Cersei fucks her own twin, so what? how weird could it possibly be that... He's just in the room. Her Mar- <laughs> yeah, that Marjorie's husband is in love with her brother. I mean, really. Yeah. In the world of the Game of Thrones, that's, like, pretty much a given that people are going to have incestuous relationships. And I feel like it's really interesting because, like, it seems like Marjorie does not care. Like, her sexuality is, like, not even a thing in it. She's like, well... I want to have a baby, but I don't care that my husband's not actually having sex with me. Yeah. It's more like I need, I want the power, and this is not an issue. Like yeah. I'll use it in a way I need. It's, it's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's it's for use, but yeah. it's not for fun. Well, sex is like, it's utilitarian. Yeah, it's exactly. a commodity, right? Like I mean, if we want to move to Roz, like thinking about you know the way Roz kind of is, oh, the, yeah. is the like universal prostitute. I mean, <laughs> yeah, think about. You know, women's sexuality in their bodies is just their bargaining tool. It's like it's their commerce. They don't yeah. have they don't have weapons and they can't fight wars, but they can fuck. Like yes, yeah. 
And like Shay says, thing like she can fuck her way out of a lot of problems. Like apparently with her fish pie, with her fish pie, like it totally works. Um, and Roz, like like we kind of mentioned earlier, Roz is really interesting because Roz does not exist in the books. She is an amalgamation of a lot of different sex workers that are in the show, and just different people in the show. Um, but we don't know her backstory. We know she came from the north. So I'm assuming she probably was not a rich girl up there, a peasant girl. Mm-hmm. She moves from being in the middle of nowhere, a country girl, basically to being a city girl. But life is not what she thought it would be like, I'm no, assuming, no, <laughs> in King's Landing. Because, man, since Roz got to King's Landing, shit has been terrible well, for what her. What did she say to Theon at the end when she was leaving in season one to go to King's Landing? She was like... Everyone in, everyone in Winterfell is leaving. I need yeah. to make money. I need to Yeah, like, like there's literally no one here who will fuck me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta um, go. Exactly. Um, can, can we talk about the, um, the Littlefinger scene with her first? Okay, the one where they're spying. Wait, which one? No, no, no. The, no, no, the, no, the Littlefinger scene where he's like, you need to get over the fact that oh. you saw a baby. Oh, yeah. So Ross saw a baby get killed right in front of mm-hmm. her. So that was like a thing. I think mm-hmm. that was the first bad thing that happened. Yeah. And Roz was like, oh my god, yeah. this is really bad. During, not during Joffrey's oh, Sparrow so phase. That's what was one of the, um, one of Robert's bastards yeah. that got killed. Yeah. That right. really, really young prostitute, which is, first of all, super... Robert was a sketchy dude. Teenager. We all know that, girl. right? He was super sketchy. Um, this girl was like 13 or 14 in the book. Something ridiculous. Yeah. Like, she probably had like just got her period and he got her pregnant. Yeah. So, lest anyone forget, Robert's a giant... He's a big. He's a douchebag. Like he's not a good guy. Oh he's yeah. A, he's, a, he's a child molester. Um, so like some. No, that's probably not true. I mean, well, it's overstated. He's creepy. Well, being thirteen, I mean, once you had your period, then you were a woman. You're fair game, man. Yeah. Um. So someone ordered Robert's bastard that was in that brothel to be killed. Yeah. Um. There's mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. unclearness in the show as to who. There was some unclearness in the show as to who did that. But anyway, it happened. And Ross saw firsthand this baby get killed with a sword, I think is what happened. Yep, they like slit its throat. Yeah, it was really bad. Beheaded it or something. Um, So Ross is obviously and understandably shaken up by this situation. Yeah. And she is having a hard time. I think she like bursts into tears when she's like with one of her customers. Yeah. And Littlefinger comes in and he seems like he's being kind of understanding. Yeah, he seems really sympathetic and sweet. But then basically he tells this whole... And now I actually don't even remember the story. Do you... It's basically how he'd get rid of her if she was not useful anymore. Yeah. Basically, you need to shape up or I'm, I'm going to get rid of you. Or you're going to be in a real bad spot. Yeah. Things are going to go really bad for you in a sexual way, is the sense that I got. Mm-hmm. And she was going to be using some really perverse ways by some customers. So yeah. he's like, all right, take your day off. But okay, and guess what happens? She's totally she used in a really perverse way by her. Shit goes our little, down. Our little devil king. Uh-huh. So basically, what had happened was Joffrey's being a gigantic dick as he does, mm-hmm. and Tyrion awesome. and Bronn are talking and like, man, what's this dude's problem? Maybe he just got gigantic blue balls and he needs to get a prostitute. He's about that age. Let's get a prostitute for mm-hmm. birthday. Or maybe he's been hit over the head with a sociopath stick. Oh, he. Hey guys, for that, part, it's that he's totally a sociopath. Yep. Um. So. Roz and her buddy, who, who shows up often, actually, this prostitute's also around, mm-hmm. um, show up to Joffrey's bedchamber, or Tyrion lets him in or something. Yeah. It's been a while. And now. Tyrion sends him up, sends them up, and, like, yep. someone else lets them in, like, some yeah. squire or something. Yeah. It, yep. it doesn't some matter. Squar. It doesn't matter. They come to his bedchamber, and Joffrey, at first, it's like, seems like he's game. Like, he's, like, yeah. done with it. But then what 
actually happens is that Joffrey makes Roz beat that other sex worker with a gigantic scepter. With yep. his sociopath stick. With his, yep. sociopath. his sociopath stick. It's and, fucking scary stick, by the way. And, um, I, I don't know, but did you guys, stick. when you saw that scene at first, did you, were you nervous so of what they were going to do with that scepter? I, I thought I he was her, going to make her make her fuck her. With that's what I thought was going to happen. I was so terrified. But then, yep. in the show, and I'm really glad they did this, they, like, made, uh, like, a smacking sound. I was like, oh, thank God. At least it's just that. Oh, yeah. Because you know. I was you, just picturing her insides being torn apart. Because you know some real sociopath would probably do, would do that. Oh, yeah. And has done that, I'm sure. Like, because, but it, oh, God, it's a, oh. it's still a fucked up scene regardless. Yeah. and like, I think, super fucked. I think it's important to recognize the distinction that, like, Joffrey is actually quite asexual for a 14, 15 year old boy. Yeah, like, he, really, he had no interest in, like, and. A sociopath, a real sociopath, I think that Joffrey kind of is a real sociopath. Yeah. He's just young and weird. And psychotic. Um, psychotic, but like, a another sociopath who was more sexually motivated would have made her rape Wait. her with the, with the, yeah. with the yeah. sociopath stick. No, well that's that. Like, but Joffrey it, gets off so much more on, an, or, on just it being, watching yeah. someone be in pain yes, and yeah. not having that pain be at all sexualized. Yeah. Well, when they're, they're naked, but like, mm-hmm. it's There's not. a while where you kind of think that Joffrey might just be this immature king who's manipulated by his, like, violent, evil mother. Yeah. But that's the scene when you realize that he's actually the real, like, fucked up psycho and that Cersei is actually, like, losing control of him. And, and really, it's not a, it's Yeah, it's really not about her... Him being her pawn, it's really like he's just fucking crazy. And there's a part where where Cersei and Tyrion, there's a really frank conversation they have at some point later. I think after this, where she talks to Tyrion, like Tyrion knows that her and Jamie fucked. Like they, he knows that. Oh yeah. And, and Cersei, he likes to watch. He knows. Those and um, <laughs> and Cersei's like, you know, maybe this is the price we paid for our sins. Mm-hmm. Like maybe because yeah. I fucked my brother, I have a super sociopathic son who's crazy. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's. Refreshing to see Cersei acknowledge what a fucktard Joffrey is. Yeah. Because Cersei... She's so protective of him. So protective of him, and also, like, really seems to think he can do no wrong. Like, she's like, yeah. she's like oh, I'd protect him. It's like, oh, no, I believe everything he does is correct. Like, that's yeah. no, she, that's the front she has to show, though, as a mother. Know. But you kind of start to see the cracks where she... It really does seem like she's realizing that she's, like, kind of created this monster. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she... It yeah. makes it very apparent. But does she create him, or is she just... I mean, she feels like she literally created yeah. him, you know, with her body, yeah. but, like... Yeah. I mean, I think he would have been... Because Marcella and Tommen are very sweet in the books. Like, they're yeah. they're good kids. Yeah. Joffrey's not. Yeah. Something went wrong with yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Those wires, they got crossed. Super that, crossed. That, that... Those twin genes do not... Are not meant to mix. They don't... They don't... They don't make very... Nope. Nice children. Apparently not. Um... So, the evolution of Roz. So, that, that yeah. happens. More bad things happen to Roz. And then, yeah. later in the season, I think this is... Maybe it's in the last episode or the next... The last is very... The yeah, end the very end. Um, Roz... Varys comes in, which, first of all, how does she not know who he is? Because he's, like, around in Westeros. I don't know. I guess he has no reason to ever show himself to Because he doesn't fuck prostitutes. I, <laughs> probably a good point. He has no interest in their fish pie. This is true. <laughs> so, Roz... Varys comes in, and Roz is all trying to, like, work her charms, and he's like, yeah, no, that's not gonna work. I don't... I do not have twig nor berries. And, um... <laughs> I do not have bait nor tackle. He has none of that. He's, Wait, I want to think of more. <laughs> uh, painter and veggies. That's all in it. That's from Dad Boner. <laughs> um, <laughs> What, yeah. uh, what anyway, moving there. on. <laughs> so, so basically, Barry's has really shown himself. I don't know. 
he's definitely shown himself in the show, and even more so, I think, in the books later on, mm-hmm. to be a person who stands up for the little people. Like, we don't really know what his motivation is completely, yeah. but he, does he stand up for them, or does he just use them? I maybe he uses tell. them. I don't know, but he definitely uses he uses children to like tell him things. Yeah. He works. He works with. The people who are often marginalized. Yes, he works with the marginalized, and he does not do things to marginalize them further. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. do bad shit to them, like, like, yeah. like Littlefinger does. Because mm-hmm. Littlefinger will use anyone, but also he's kind of a scary motherfucker. Like, yeah. he's not very nice. Even though he's like a little, yeah. like scrawny dude, like you don't want to mess with him because yeah. he has connections and he knows what's going on. Yeah, uh, Varys also knows what's going on, but I never get the sense from him that he's. Dangerous. Yeah. Varys, is, he's kind of playing his own game, you know. Like, no one knows what his deal is. Yeah, he's, but he always he's is. got his own devices, and they're not like your normal guy devices. They're not just like no. killing people in war. They're like sneaking around. Mm-hmm. But he always insists, and I think that all the evidence supports this so far. That what he does is what he believes is for the best for the realm. It's yes. not actually about what is best for Varys and his own yeah. power seeking, mm-hmm. but what he believes is best for the realm. And I think mm-hmm. that's a very unique thing that I. I appreciate about him. Yeah. I think that most, most characters aren't actually like that. Besides, no, you know what, I don't, I think that Ned was for, his primary mission was his own honor, and like, mm-hmm. that often meant what was good for the realm, but I honestly don't think anyone else in, in King's Landing has thought that way. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, Varys, too, like, Varys is one of the marginalized. He's a eunuch. Like, yeah. that, like, in a he big, falls and that cripples bastards and He really does. And, and, and mm-hmm. Varys is like very... Eunuchs are not trusted in Westeros at all. Yeah. And I think it's their connection, like their mistrust of like a man who is not a man. Yeah. And I think this is it's super connected to women being less than, guys who are homosexual being less than. It's all like mm-hmm. the same thing. Yeah. And I think that very I think people like really underestimate Varys. Yeah. And, and they see him like he uses like women's, women's tools like poisons and sneaking around and whispering and stuff Gossip. like that. Mm-hmm. Gossip. Exactly. But you know what? He gets shit done that way. Because yeah, people underestimate him. Yeah. So so Varys comes to Roz and is one, once he's like look I'm not trying to bone you why don't you just work for me? Because Littlefinger is a dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we've also said that about like it's the same thing with Sansa and Daenerys, both everyone underestimates them and they mm-hmm. use that for their own power. And yeah. Varys, like, is the best at that. Yeah. Like, whereas, or Daenerys is often like, I'm just a young woman. But I don't know if she's done that in this season yet, actually. She actually hasn't so much that's, show. that's a shtick. Just, just that once where she's like, Are you afraid of little girls? Yeah, that's a thing she, she does. Sansa does a I thing where she yeah. plays the, like, I'm scared. Helpless. Yeah. Girl. But she obviously isn't like that. Because remember, remember, I don't know if we talked about this last time, that scene where. When Joffrey's like, I'm gonna be, you know, engaged to Marjorie now, and she's all like, happy, yay! But then when Littlefinger talks to her, she puts a sad face on again. She's yeah. really good. So she's not stupid. Like, no, no, no. She's playing she the game. Better. She plays yeah. the game too. She's playing the Game of Thrones. And you know, when you die. Exactly. And I mean, she's <laughs> doing what she can. And I, I think yeah. everyone, like, yeah. I, I think it's a really interesting thing. These, the, there's, there's a perceived weakness with a certain subset of the population, mm-hmm. and they use it to their advantage. Yeah. But, okay, well, you're gonna think I'm weak. Cool, I'll act that way yeah. so you don't. That's good. Like anything else? The kind of great thing about Roz is she's sort of like this new kind of created character, and at first it's just all about her being this sex object, and she's kind of like not that important. Then she's like this horrible victim of violence, and yeah. it's really awful, and you feel bad for her. And then she kind of like you know suddenly at the end she starts to turn this corner where she might actually be an important character and have some effect on things, which is like I think kind of indicative of the way they're changing women's roles in the show yeah, in general yeah. is like more of a front you know it's it's more like an exploration of like the the way they're I don't know like the allies yeah. they're making and the way they're finding mm-hmm. like power and the way they're getting out of their like 
you know, just being oh, like yeah. objects of well, violence or yeah, sexual I mean, objects or whatever. I mean, they're setting her up to, I mean, she is, I would argue, the only character so far who is in a weak position that she has not yet figured out how to use or mm-hmm. how to but get she, out of. But we can see that but she's going to figure it out. They're setting it up so well for her to like yeah. really overcome it and like yeah. become this really interesting turn and put character. I, I hope I'm, she becomes really cool. Like, I think she she's will. She's on the book, but I don't. At yeah. first, I was kind of annoyed by her, her deal, but I'm I'm glad they're making a character like out of all these different people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and here's the thing: I think Game of Thrones, like some of the main like I guess feminist critiques I've seen on Game of Thrones have been like, you get to create a whole new world. Why are you making another world where women are so impressed, uh, oppressed, and stuff? And and, yeah. I, and I get that I really do, but at the same time, it's kind of refreshing to see a world where women are oppressed because you know what? That's kind of like. How That's real life reality. is, yeah, um, and see them working around it and, and yeah, you know, subverting these paradigms. Well, that I think it's in. actually like the reality. It's like let's not create some fake imaginary like La La Land. Let's actually show the way women some have hardships. struggled in history, which is like you know, you look at medieval, you know, that's that's like our history. Medieval people is like raping and pillaging, and yeah. like that's what women have endured. And it's nice to see women enduring it and then still coming out. Like owning their own lives yeah. and like being able to figure out ways to like be themselves and mm-hmm. find ways out and like that I really yeah. really appreciate. And I, I would really argue that like some of the strongest characters in this series are women. Yeah, and some of the most interesting ones are women. I would yeah. I totally agree, and I think that the point you make like it's it's just really fascinating because I think that only in a fantasy medium could we do that kind of experimenting where we can say okay. Let's kind of go back to a, a world that's a little different from our own, to a time period that's not exactly like the one that we've yeah. had in history, but one that's not too far of a cry, mm-hmm. and play around with the characters to see what kind of history there really could have been there yeah. that wasn't actually recorded and that, that we actually know. And, and that, I think, thing. is, is, is yeah. what's where the power is. Because you yeah. know, like, the history that we know from medieval times or whatever, you know that's not it. Yeah. Like, There's so much more. I feel like we talked about this ten like yeah. in divinity school like especially like with stories in the Bible, like, yeah, we get a lot of dude stories, but you know there are women's stories yeah, too. We and just certain don't people's have them. stories haven't been told. Yeah, we yeah. just don't have them and I feel like this is almost like I I don't know, like reimagine not even yeah. reimagining, it's just being like, Well what probably happened to those women? They were probably really badass because yeah. there are yeah. badass women now. I don't know if anyone's read um the biography of Cleopatra that's out, I've but heard, it's amazing. I've heard that And the whole good. time I was reading it, um, like while I was on vacation, I just kept thinking about the Game of Thrones because like you know, she marries her brothers, and she's poisoning people, and she's seducing people, and it's this whole crazy game on this huge scale of, like, this woman, like, using her her sort of seductive charm, and then also just, like, brutally being violent, and, yeah. like, more violent than even men, or as violent as men, and, like, you know, that, that's really, like, that is history, and there yeah. haven't been a lot of women who've, like, had that story told, other than maybe her and yeah. a few others, but, like, But they totally exist. There. They have yeah. to have existed. I think, I always think, if you guys have not, if you have any interest in Old Testament, Hebrew Bible stuff at all, and you like feminist stuff at all, why have you not read the, oh, the Red Tent yet? You need to get your hands oh on the Red Tent immediately. So I so good. I got, ca- oh, so good. I cannot even explain to you how much, A, I love that book, and how, B, Sad I am that concept of that book already exists because I would I love, write it. <laughs> I, well, not, I would love to do that exact same gesture with Genesis two and three. Yeah, no. It, it, the red tent is based on the story of Dina, who is like she has like one chapter mm-hmm. yeah, in the Genesis Bible. Thirty four. She's raped, and that's all you know about her from the Old Testament. And her brothers go and and kill, kill 
the, the oh. man who takes her. But mm-hmm. in the book, it completely is like, no, this is not what happened. Let me tell you what happened. And it, like, reimagines her story. And I love that. And I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like George R. R. Martin is doing that in a way with, like, medieval, yeah. like, type women. Like, and I love it. Because you I know, think, that, like I said, you know that type of story exists and it just hasn't happened. Like, it was, like, it was because what happens to women isn't important to the face of history. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and, and that's why to me, like, no, this is not like a, a, it's not a fluffy series. And I'm not saying that people who don't want to read about this sort of thing don't, I don't know, don't want to face reality. That's not what I'm saying either. Like, if you don't want to spend your free time, like, reading some brutal shit, I totally get that. Like, I understand. Yeah. It's really hard. It really is. Like, it's really upsetting. I, I understand. But, um, I don't know. I don't think you can say it's not feminist. Of course, there are things that can be critiqued in a feminist way. Like, there's some problematic shit. And there's some yeah. there's some problematic, like, racist shit in there, too, I think, personally. Yeah. Um, and while we're, like, talking about, like, problematic stuff, what... The whole scene with Joffrey and the prostitutes, do you guys think that was necessary? Do you think it was, like, a torture porn situation? Like, how do you feel about that scene and how that was done? Because, first of all, that was done in yeah. the books. Yeah, this, well, this is an HBO thing. There's a lot of sex scenes in there that feel a little bit like they're just there to be like hot and attract like the 18 to 24 male audience or yeah. something. Like little nerdy boys are beating off to watching like the prostitutes fake go down on Can each we other. Include that the 14 year old ones because they're totally doing it. Oh yeah, oh, you know they are. They're <laughs> but, sneaking it. But this one is like. It seems like it's going to be really hot, and then the fact that it turns so disturbing, like, like so fast, like so quickly, I almost like because it's like, yeah, like doesn't this seem sexy hiring a prostitute? But like, let's actually talk about what prostitutes go through, which is like endure. having the shit beat out of them, which happens regularly to sex workers now too, now yeah. like this day and age. So to me, it's actually like, yeah, men, like let's watch this and like kind of get excited about it, and then be like, oh my god total buzzkill because yeah. that's the sex industry. No, it turns the titillation on its head. Yeah. And and it makes it horrifying. Yeah. And I think that I remember, I think I when I first saw it I was like oh shit like that seems so gratuitous the violence is so much like I'm overwhelmed and upset. Like it was it was upsetting but that's, that's to the watch whole it. point though mm-hmm. and I think that um and um I'm just saying something something gratuitous. Yeah. But I think that the point that you make is is totally right on in that it it I really have no idea that. Yes, you know, it's sort of like being subversive. You yeah. Know, it's well, it's just it's it's showing sex, the, the horrifying side of sex. Yeah. And it's showing what happens when a sociopath has hands on some prostitutes. But yeah. on, the, on the other hand, do we like the play with her ass scene is so much more gratuitous. Oh my god, and that stupid. scene. Fuck that scene. That scene is the um, worst. Than this this sex scene. But on the other hand, part of me sometimes worries that because I love Game of Thrones so much that sometimes I, I worry that I'm making excuses for it. Yeah. Like that I'm like, no, it totally is totally feminist and his why it's feminist. Let me explain. I'm like, not saying it's a feminist scene necessarily. But I why think it's, it's necessary. I think it's a yeah. scene that does things to people. It, it, it gives you an experience of watching that is one that is. More beneficial than it is meant to play into your baser and less human instincts, right? Like, it's not meant to, like, turn you on and make you feel powerful and excited as a male viewer. It's it's meant to, like, freak you the fuck out. Here's the thing, though. maybe, Maybe, like, we feel differently... Like, or I feel differently because I'm a woman and, like, I already know that shit happens, so I'm like, this just, like, makes me nauseated. But, like, maybe, maybe it's almost, like, more for the benefit of dudes, in a way. 
Yeah, I'd love to hear what men think about that. Yeah, like, so if what, you're a dude and yeah. you listen to us, let us know. Listen. I, I really am interested to know, like, whether, because I know, I mean, that scene got a lot of flack, like, I mean, because it was really upsetting to watch. Yeah. Um, and actually, now now that we're in talking about upsetting and comparing things, like, well, let's talk, okay, Sansa, there's an attempted rape, rape on Sansa with, like, three or four dudes, which is also a super upsetting scene, yeah. um, mm-hmm. which is not in the book. And I was watching this with Betsy, and we were both freaking out while this is well, happening. As, a, as an add-on to that, there is a scene that's similar to this one. With a different character. With a different character who gets raped by, like, like under people. a gajillion times. It is awful. And awful. she gets knocked up, and it's like, and she can't even, I mean, she was kind of dumb before then, but she can't even she speak. Gets, yeah. She's so traumatized. It's really bad. And, like, the idea of that happening to Sansa is so upsetting. Because she's, she's a character that, like, at least At least she I, has her purity. Exactly. At least, I mean, like, I, I've talked to you about this because I haven't read beyond, yeah. I haven't finished all the books, and I'm not even going to tell you where, and so my, my question to Jen always yeah. is, like, okay, is Arya still alive? Has Sansa still avoided getting raped? Yeah. <laughs> because These are Betsy's main concerns, yeah. which are totally valid. Yeah, concerns. and also is Tyrion still alive? Because, oh my well, god, I love Tyrion. It's, I think but. it's interesting with Sansa, because, like, the only thing that Sansa has is her sort of, like, model behavior. Mm-hmm. So if she gets raped, it's like, the ultimate she's loss. Kind of There's nothing for her to have because she's she's not using her sexuality to get anything. She, she's using her innocence. Her like chastity. She's using the chastity. And yeah. her, like, high-bornness. Yeah, so if she doesn't have that, she's That's really like got nothing and she's just fucked. And then and then what is, has all this kind of game-playing rule-following even been for if she's just going to get raped by some random villagers who are, like, rioting, you know? So, uh, you know, it's... I thought that scene was disturbing, but at the same time, like, I so knew she wasn't actually going to get raped, because, like, then what, you know? I was pretty nervous that she I was, was. I was scared. Yeah. I was, like, biting my hand and freaking out. But, like, and I know that I <laughs> I'm just waiting for her to find a really hot guy that she wants to have sex with, and then, like, fucks the shit out of him, because that's yeah. kind of what I think would be funner. <laughs> for he's not hot, oh, but no. he's on fire. Guys, do you know, I just, do you guys know that there exists, like, a decent amount of Sansa Jamie? Wait, what? Really? Yeah. What? Why? You're ready for that one, weren't you? I thought you were going to explain Sansan fanfic. No, that does. I think everyone knows that that exists. Oh. That kind of makes, but, you know, that, that, like, a decent amount of that exists, and that's really weird. What? Um, Why even bother with that? Yeah, that, I don't know. That's I don't want another tangent. That's, that's a different tangent. People who need something to fill their imagination. It's like, oh, beautiful young girl, attractive dude, young less, less young man. Yeah, that's Let's basically put them together. It. Um... <laughs> I don't think that we have to decide whether one is more upsetting okay. than the other. I have one more thing to say okay. about before we move on. You should you should say it. I like, and my instinct is very very strong to be like, oh, Sansa is so much more upsetting because of, of the protectiveness that we as readers and viewers are meant to build and feel over Sansa. Even if we don't like her, there is like a certain status Sansa holds that is like pure innocent and like she's kind like of annoying 15. but like you really don't want bad things to happen to Sansa but like how many women who are completely like innocent who are not sex workers not that sex workers deserve to have that either but like who do not elect to have sex on their own get raped the shit out of them in Game of Thrones and we just kind of are desensitized to it and don't yep. even think about it being a thing because, like, but the we fact were, that we're attached to Sansa makes yep. that much more horrifying. Yep. But like, why is why is her getting raped so by three men so much more terrible than someone than a, than a sex worker being forced to beat another sex worker? Yeah, I, it, yeah. Like, I think we can all agree that it's all terrible. Like, why would why would Sansa getting raped be more yeah. by 
what was it, maybe four men. It was a, it was a lot. Honestly, I was so much, I don't know. I feel like I was more upset and horrified by, like, thinking that Sansa would get raped by four or five men in that scene than I was when I actually read the actual scene in the book when the girl I didn't know yeah. was raped by a hundred men. Like, I was and totally that's horrified, like, but it was, like, also a very devo- divorced emotional experience. Yeah, and, like, part of that, part mm-hmm. of that, I don't know. Part of me wants to say, that's really fucked up. I should be super upset anytime that happens. But at the same time, man, I only, I only have so many feels to give. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, like, there's so much terrible shit that happens that I can't invest myself emotionally in everything. Or I would just be a wreck all the time. Yeah, well, I think that this... And be the, angry. I'm already kind of yeah. angry, like, 90% of the time anyway. No. So I kind of have to, like, divorce myself from these things. Yeah. Or I get, like, really angry all the time. Yeah. But I think that that... There is something that is, like, intentionally, maybe not intentionally, but very interestingly done when HBO or whoever the show writers are decided to make that change from the book mm-hmm. to make you really, really invested and care that someone's about to get gang raped. Yeah. Like, which is good. Which really is good. good. I think that, honestly, overall, with the exception of one change that I'd like to move us to talk about, every change they have done on the, on the show from the book has improved... The picture and experience with understanding the show from a female perspective. Now, here's my only other, I guess, caveat to that. Um, I think there's an idea in, I don't know, general culture Mm -hmm. that, like, the young girl who's pure and innocent, she gets raped. That's terrible. The sex worker who gets raped, she kind of asks for it. Exactly. That's that's a problem. And that's super, that's fucking bullshit. That's not okay. You're it's totally sort right. of like you asked for it in a certain way, and that's to me, yeah, that's really not the way I think that. But we I don't feel like be. the show made those two scenes be equally horrifying. Yeah, they were both awful. Yeah, so maybe they maybe they did it right. I don't know. I I think that. Yeah, I, I mean, see the, a lot of value of both of those scenes, even though they're both incredibly horrifying to watch and upsetting. And I wish that they didn't have to exist. But those are kinds of things that happen to women, and I think that showing that experience is valuable for understanding yeah. Yeah. just how terribly misogynistic the world was and still is in a lot of places. And it still is. I mean, sex workers today still get raped, even, you know, they get raped, even though they're sex workers, they get raped, well, they get beaten, they get you hear killed. About, did you hear about the case, this is not even a sex worker thing, did you hear about, that? this happened just last week, a girl in India was, like, stripped down by, like, all these dudes, and someone was videotaping it, and no one came and did anything about it for, like, half an hour. That happened. What the fuck? Well, like, a year ago, a thing happened where a young girl, like, a 13-year-old girl got gang raped by, like, I don't even know how many dudes, and people were trying to be like, well, she acted older than she was. Fuck that. It's kind of like what people talk about now is slut-shaming, and it's like, you know, people say... I think people have this obsession with, like, women asking for it and, like, what you're doing to, like, what women do to constitute gray areas and rape. And to me, it's really about, well, why do we live in a society where, like, wearing a short skirt in the summer then means that you were asking for it if some man, like, took advantage of, you know, drugged you or took advantage of you or attacked you or... I mean, I think that really brings up valid issues of, like... So what does it mean to be, like, asking for something? Like, yeah. you know, and why do we live in a society where it even matters how you were dressed or, like, whether or not you are, like, a sexual woman that, like, no matter what, you're still being violated yeah. to me. Like, so yeah. what? So what if you're sexual? So what if you were a sex worker? You still have a right to your own body and your own safety and consent, you know? And that's why, like, I like I said earlier, I totally get if in your free time you don't want to read sad, depressing shit. I get that. But that's why 
I think it's important to read things. For me, it's important to read the thing like Game of Thrones, where it's not all sunshine yeah. and rainbows. And and this, I don't want to bring this scene up again. And I think, but I, I have a weird defense of it in that I think that there has been a so there's I think that the first season was very close to the book. But also, the scenes it added were much more sexual and titillating and yeah. created a fan yeah. base mm-hmm. of people that normally would not ever think about these issues. Yeah, people, mm-hmm. and also people who wouldn't normally really watch, like, a fantasy show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it attracted a broader kind of male, you know, not all male, but a broader audience of younger people who were excited by it because it was kind of sexy. Sexy, a lot of action, yeah. a lot of... Now, yeah. the people who are listening to this podcast, you're probably not in that. Like, you're probably people who... You're a person who you're cares... You're George R. Martin fan. Yeah, you're a person who cares enough about Game of Thrones that you're deal. seeking out podcasts about it. So you're probably, like, a legit fantasy fan. You're probably, like... so okay if if these things never crossed your mind before the show either. That's cool. That's, I mean, yeah. that's awesome. you got to start that's, somewhere. That's, that's the point of bringing these things into pop culture is so people can learn about them and hopefully make better choices with their own yeah. lives and communities. That's why fiction is meaningful. Like, yeah. You know, and that's like a big thing. I know Betsy and I have talked about it, Annie. I'm sure you feel the same way too. But like, that's why fiction is not just for fun. Like, it, it's a meaningful yeah. thing. Fiction is not entertainment. Fiction is how we learn to be good people. To exactly. Each other. Yeah. And that's why even something so horrific, like a almost rape scene and a really fucked up scene where you know sex workers are like beating on each other. Like, that's why like it makes sense that we read this on our spare time. Yeah. To be better people in the end. It's not just for fun. Though, yeah. like, I'm mean, it, it is fun. It is fun. I mean, obviously, I, I wouldn't. Wow. So, we talked about that for a really long time. But I think that really needed. Oh, yeah. I, I feel there like it's been, like, building up in my brain for so long. There's one little seed of me being pissed off at HBO that I think we need to address, okay. which is the changes they've made for Catelyn. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it could also be. And, like, there's this is a thing that I've thought about in that, like, they have done an incredible job of. With the exception of, I think, Viserys and Joffrey, of making every character incredibly multidimensional, making them both horrible and upsetting to watch them do things sometimes, but also very, very compassionate characters. Like, people you, like, can relate to and understand, but, like, who also do things that aren't heroic and aren't perfect. Every character is flawed and good in some balance here yeah. and there. And Catelyn in the first season was kind of pure white, was besides was with Jon Snow. Yeah, besides how much she hates him. Which also, yeah. but like you could understand. Like I can get it. It sucks, but she's, because she's there's, like there's still a, a set of compassion for that. This isn't my husband's bastard child. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, kind of get it. sucks him. and you wish that Catelyn yeah, could be more. He's such a great guy though. It kind of makes you sad. I know. He's so just, sensitive. But you can understand. It's super sad. But the it's, reaction. You, yeah. There is like you can be like, oh, Catelyn, but I can forgive you for that. Yeah. And so, in some ways, I'm like, maybe they made Catelyn such a dumb bitch in this... <laughs> Sorry, I called Catelyn a bitch. I love Catelyn. <laughs> such, a, such an irrational com- and dumb character in this season because they want to give her more depth, but I don't really buy that idea at all. More flaws. Yeah, more flaws. She's, she's got this kind of, like, out-of-touch, like, overbearing mother thing going on. I don't like that- it. In the show, it's so much more about how she's, like, endured the difficulties of being a woman and being patient and having to wait and having mm-hmm. to, like, and also not really try to negotiate. Power. Yeah, not really having when, power. When her 15-year-old son is the one making the choices. Yeah, like, and... Which is kind of ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Because she's, like, a grown-ass like hus- woman. Her husband yeah. dies, and they had a partnership. Like, she was not a docile wife. No. And then she has to, like, 
be like refer to her son. Yeah, that's kind of barely like done with puberty. Yeah, I mean, hot as shit on the show, but like (laughs) that's not what the characters actually go doing in in the in the book. Yeah, Um, they change all these things, and I, Jen and I have talked, and I think Annie and I have talked about this well, where. The whole reason that that Catelyn lets Jamie go is because they know that Bran and Rickon are dead, and she's incredibly or quote unquote know that Bran and Rickon are, are dead. dead. Yeah, she, she they believe Bran and Rickon are dead. As far as they know, her only hope is Sansa and Arya. Yeah, she is mad with grief, and you know what? It sucks that she did it, but it makes sense, and you feel bad for her. Yeah, and you understand where the choice comes from. In the show, it's just like, oh, it's Tuesday. I'm gonna let Jamie Lannister go. Yeah. Whatever. And it's yeah. like, what the fuck is that? That makes yeah. no sense. And it really. And we get no scene. Like, remember how yeah. how like moving that scene was in the first season, where Rob and Catelyn find out that Ned is dead, and they're both like so upset, so distraught. Yeah, yeah. and that was a really powerful moment. And we don't get that. No. I know. I don't they know. Don't, do they even find out? Like, no. no. There's no because yeah. they had Theon kill all the um, Dobbins birds. Um, yeah, all the ravens. Yeah. All the ravens. And it like, just makes it seem like she's just a dumbass, which she's yeah, not. I don't really understand, like, exactly where they're going with that, but it seems like they're kind of, like, they're marginalizing her as a character yeah. a little bit. Like, she's, she's, you know, so many of the other women, they're kind of making them seem more strategic, and yet somehow with her, they're trying to making, they're kind of making her more, like, random or, yeah. like, arbitrary or something. Like, oh, she's see. not actually really making smart choices and... I'm, I'm I don't trying know. to like have patience that they're doing a lot of changes that make the overarching, overarching, like narrative of the show not really match the books, which is fine. And I think it's kind of good and exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's much more important, I think, to like see Catelyn first season versus Catelyn second season than it is in the book, because in the book it's kind of just like an arc, more straight line, yeah. yeah. Because there's so many things going on, but mm-hmm. in the show you're sort of able to be like, okay, in season one she's here, in book two she's in the and then in, you know by season three things are going to be a little different. Um, but I, I just don't like they're tearing her down so much. And yeah. I, I don't know where they're going with it, and I don't want to get into spoilers for book three. But yeah. like I don't, I don't know why they're making her seem so ineffectual and illogical, and like all of the negative qualities you can think of to describe. Mm-hmm. A mother, a, a woman. Yeah, like, yeah. It's kind of it's crazy because she's not like that at all. But I, mean, I don't know. At least she is like up to this point has been pretty sympathetic. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, but, and it's still sympathetic. But I'm just like, what? What purpose does that? Serve? Just in case anyone who's listening to it doesn't didn't know, she's not actually a dumbass in the books. Like it no. makes a lot more <laughs> sense. Yeah. Like she leaves. She lets Jamie and go because she has three kids left. Yeah. As and, far two as she them, knows. and two of them are far away in King's Landing, and the only way that she can think to get them back is by letting is him letting go. him yeah letting him go. Like she just get like it's 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 like when Bessie's all yeah. glimpsed right now. It's like it's like that moment of panic when you realize your phone is gone that you look for your wallet, yeah. right? Like oh shit, I'm I've lost something. That's like your children. <laughs> Your children are on your phone, and the other ones. Listen, are your we have never had children before. <laughs> we don't know what the shit we're talking about. Yes, I really, I love yeah. children. I, I really love my phone. I love my phone. I, really, I also really love my iPhone. Um, it's like a child. Before. Yeah, I've also lost my wallet before. Okay, it's moving very on. stressful. It's very stressful. Um, but like, it's like that instinct where you're like, oh fuck. I have lost something significant and important. Let me latch on to the other things I have left. Yeah. To what I have left. That makes sense. Yeah. I 
guess it's a metaphor. Yeah. Like, it's a really bad one. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, I'm really curious about, like, um, the kind of exchange for, um, between Catelyn and Talisa. Like, Talisa is this totally new character um, from the books, basically. Yeah. She, she's, like, in a, you know, she's another one who appears. And yet, you know, so much of the book two for me was about the relationship between Catelyn and, um, and Rob Stark. And yet, in this, it's suddenly really about him and this, like, romance, and yeah. not about him and his mother kind of struggling through this suffering and doing all this stuff together. It's like, suddenly him and his mother are at odds, and he's, like, secretly going off to marry this, you know, Girl. this random chick who, like, loves to cut people's limbs off. <laughs> she loves it. Yeah. In the book, it's more like, hey, mom, this is my wife. Oh, I got married, by the way. But it's kind of happening under her nose he likes in the show. He likes he loves it. So when did he... Like, is this book three and then he gets married? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it probably actually happened during the timeline of book two. We don't find out. You don't know about it till book three. Because so it's the, like, post-event explanation. He shows up with this, a wife. What, no, this is what happened, though. The thought... Okay, because he got injured. He went to the crag where, J- where, injured. where injured this lady lived. And she... Yeah, she nursed him back to health. They boned. He felt guilty because he's Ned Stark's son. I was like, "Oh crap, we boned. My so honor. Now I have to marry. My honor. We must marry." It's not like she was this like incredible. I mean, Talisa's yeah. character is a really interesting when she challenges him. She's, she's yeah, actually like, a lot more fierce, active. active. They show an arc of them falling in love. Like yeah. she is his equal, mm-hmm. which is not at all the impression you get from the book. I get the impression that she's sweet. In yeah. the book, but not like anything special or interesting. Yeah. She's or, just someone that he's like, "Oh fuck, I, I can't." I, I probably lost my virginity and uh, I, I, I want to feast upon her huh. fish pie. <laughs> you just have to see fish pie as many times as possible. It's my first time so far. I'm trying it to is get, known. <laughs> I'm trying to get to like at least ten in this episode. I'm going to have to start using that word more. I'm done. Um, it was, that was probably the funniest scene I've seen in yeah, a long time. Yeah, that was time. really good. Um, I was, that was one of the episodes that I did not watch with Jen and I think I like immediately texted you and I was yeah, like, you oh did. my god, fish pie. She did. It's that was true. really sad you were there Which episode was that? Oh really god, I don't remember. Shay said it about... Um, Maybe the second episode? Yeah, Shay and Tyrion and Varys were talking, and... There like, Varys some, doesn't There was know. some, like, teasing about, like, how, like, oh, Shay's a prostitute, Varys, you want some of Shay? No, like, no, no, she was like, she's no. a kitchen wench, and that's where mm-hmm, Tyrion found her in the kitchens, and she's like, yeah, make an excellent fish pie, like, uh, something like that. that. That's really funny. And Varys is all like, what the fuck? She's like, she's <laughs> Varys wants any of my fish Yeah, because she knows, she knows what's up. She's an observant lady. I remember lady. that. It was yeah, the funniest thing in the world. She's an observant lady. Anyway, Rob Tony was down with Talisa's fish pie, and so he had to get married because he's really honorable and stuff. <laughs> I think it's my favorite word for Lady Cave in the world. Yeah, like Lady Cave. <laughs> Lady Cave also is good. I think I prefer Lady Cave to fish pie. Well, it's just more complimentary. Fish pie involves like mushy, Smell. smelly, and fish. <laughs> yeah, but it's just so goofy sounding. I like it. Um, man, I feel like I'm going to partake of the celebration juice. I feel like I kind of talked about enough of Catelyn, right? <laughs> That's enough. That's enough. Yeah, that's enough. We haven't talked about Melisandre at all yet. Oh, that's dumb. Let's talk about her. I'm mad at us. You guys, she fucked on a map table. She did. What a boss. She had a shadow baby. <laughs> she made, she, she, she did have a shadow baby. That was fucking intense. Oh my god, she scared the shit out of guys. the Onion Knight, and I don't want to scare the shit out of the Onion Knight. I love Melisandre. Yeah. True fact. Yeah. Also true fact. I'm, I'm, dressing, wait, I'm, I'm like dressing waiting, up like her. I'm waiting to discover what her deal is. Yeah, you will. Tell um, me more about that. I don't, I don't know anything about I that, but she's, she's like, anything. 
this secret force, then there's something going on there. She's super interesting. Um, I am dressing up with Melisandre for Halloween, and Tim's going to be a shadow monster. Nice. I um, think, as far as I know, that's yeah. what our last plan was. Mm. Um, I think Melisandre's super... She's cool as shit. I know some people don't like her, but I like I wait, like the cut wait, of her jib. Who doesn't fucking like Melisandre? Oh, I mean, do they need a punch to the scrotum. I mean, I feel like she has some sketchiness about she's her. Kind of, she's kind of pretty evil. She's, she's, like, she's evilish. She's kind of tarnishing. You know, Stannis is supposed to be this strong, independent guy, and then she's kind of just manipulating him. Also, super honorable. Her. He's dumb and he's honorable. Like, he's like the Ned. He's like the boringest Ned brothers. that ever existed, but a lot more resentful. Oh, he's just crabby. Insecure but and she, He wouldn't have gotten anywhere without her. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, he's all like, I'm a rightful king. He's like, well, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's you great don't, and everything, like, but. You you don't really, like, you can't make this happen for yourself. Yeah. You gotta get yourself a magic lady. Yeah. And Melisandre's like, oh, hey. She's like, I'm I a magic, magic lady. Stick. I got the magic stick. I got the magic stick. I did it twice. Oh, yeah. Magic. Oh, man. <laughs> the magic stick. <laughs> Guys, taking it back. To the magic stick. Oh my god, we used to listen to 50 Cent in the oh car together god. in high school. So funny. Oh yeah. It's Sometimes it might be weird for other people to realize that I've known Annie since we were 14. Oh yeah. my god. It's been a while. <laughs> You've been like, you were like angst friends. We go back, yo. Oh guys, yeah. I... I still defend listening to NSYNC when I'm in. <laughs> oh, like in a, oh, O-Town. Sorry. O-Town. <laughs> we went to see O-Town. Oh my god, yeah. In concert. Yep. I'm no. not embarrassed. Guys, that's embarrassing. Yes, I am. That's embarrassing. I know. Ashley Parker Angel. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> screamed can like back, a... Can we get back on track? Yeah, that's yeah. honest. Interesting. Kind of Uh, is kind of sketchy. We don't know what her deal is. I... She's probably evil. Yeah. I like her anyway. Can we what? talk about the red god and being red and what red means? Is he the period god? Blood? <laughs> Is that what's happening? Um, I think that it's. I think it'll be interesting to see where that where. The, I mean, I don't know. This might be down to everyone who has read more of the books than I have. Oh, do you tell? Well, the red god and the dragons, right? Like he's the fire god. Mm. Yeah. And well, doesn't the red god be in his power when the dragons come to life? Isn't that like the thing? So, and the red comet too. The red comet. Do you guys? I Jen's say making an I know things face. I'm saying silent. Um, here's the one thing about Melisandre that I think is super interesting. There's a lot of talk in Game of Thrones about gods and what they do, but as far as we know, the old gods in the Seven don't do shit. But you know who does do shit? Melisandre. Raylor. She's crazy. does stuff. Like, Melisandre burnt a fucking shadow baby in case anyone forgot, because you're an idiot, because how would you forget that ever? Um, so she's, like, actually, like, magical slash, like, divine. No, not divine, but she's, like... Some sort of like avatar for the Well, isn't there this whole thing about how magic died when dragons died? So, like, yes. magic comes to life when dragons come to yeah, life. Yeah, and we know the dragons can exist. We, yeah. So, can we go back on our feminist train for a Yes, sorry. Um, um, duh. No, I just, I had a thought. The color thought. red, go. Periods, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I promised I was not talking about periods. Oh, we're not talking about your period, but we can talk about periods in general. <laughs> we can talk about the moon blood. Um, that wasn't where I was going. When I, where I was going was down my little my little change from the book alley. Um, why do we think that they had her um, boning Stannis before the shadow? Like, why does the baby? Why does the shadow baby have to like come from a sex act with Stannis? Because that's not at all clear in the book. I don't think it's clear, but I think it's heavily implied in the book. Is it? Yeah. I don't really remember. Well, it's sort of the usual, like, let's make people get it on in the Game of Thrones um, HBO thing. I think my memory of it was a very, like, yeah. um, what's the fucking 
Greek gods named Hephaestus, who was born out of Hera by himself, so he's all crippled and stuff. Yeah, I I, I thought it was like her own no. creation, creation managed by herself. I, and if, if you go back, no, I, I think it, I think it's definitely implied. In book two, is, is she definitely? Is there any proof though, or is it just implied? I think it's just implied. Because yeah. Stannis love, loves his honor so hard, though he does. Yeah. But, but he hates his mustached wife. But, but also, he doesn't. Clear that he doesn't love his wife. But that he also seems it seems obvious. like Stannis yeah. isn't like having sex. Like that's the thing they make fun of him for. Yeah, he's kind of not. Like down Stannis with it. has had sex the one time it took him to make his gray face baby. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. gray face baby. I'm sure you're beautiful inside. <sighs> She's been cast. I She's saw cute. that. Um, I don't even. Can, can I have a moment to flip out about the Love Actually kid being yeah. Jojen Reed? He's totally Jojen. It's gonna be awesome. weird. He's gonna be adorbs. Oh my gosh. Um, Let's look at the shit kicked out of us by love. Oh, Jojen wants to get the shit. He wants love to kick the shit out of him. <laughs> Worse. And green dreams. Of being in love. And green dreams. Um, can we just quote Love Actually for the next hour? No, I don't think anyone will like that. But Sorry, guys. I love Love Actually. Get off my dick. Um, so, Melisandre. I mean, that's really, like, kind of her deal. Like, really she's really mysterious. We don't know what her, her issue is. She somehow convinces Sanders to bone down. Probably because she's so hot. Um, but he normally seems very, you know, fairly uninterested in sex. Do you think Melisandre has fire kissed the same way that, <laughs> that she's got red hair? Kissed? So probably, but she's not. She doesn't have that like natural red hair. She's not a ginger. I don't know. She's got she's like, like red, she, red she's hair. She's like crimson red hair. Yeah, I don't know her. I don't know if she dies or what her dealio is, but she's, she's got the red. I thing don't think she's on. fire kissed like my girl Agree. No, probably not. We, did we talk about Eager? We talked about her a lot last time. We did. All right. Um, all right. But let's just give her big ups for that butt wiggle. Egret. Go, Egret. Best butt wiggle. Can I get a high five butt wiggle? someone? Butt wiggle. Or John. She, they're like laying to keep warm, and she's oh. all like, hey, what? Oh, that butt wiggle. It's a really good move. How could I have forgotten? <laughs> yeah, that was a mistake. It's she's a mistake. like, it's not your dagger or something. Yeah. I was like, Did you put a knife on me in the night? Yeah. So good. I feel like we've like descended oh, into. Into I love their sexual tension too. I feel like we descended into wine mania, and we need to like get back on track. Okay, I apologize, everyone. Okay. Um, um, who who have we not talked about that we need to talk about more? Have we had enough of a moment talking about Arya trying to be a boy at the no. beginning of the season? Because I think we that's not. an important part that we need yeah. to talk about. Yeah, and she but, can't even pee standing up at all. She can't, which is really yeah. She needs one of those like funnel things. That's a thing. She does. Pee funnel, yes. This exists. She needs an extendable urethra. Yeah, they don't have those in Westeros, no. I don't think. Um, but Arya is really interesting because, like, on the one hand, she's very like, "I'm not a boy," but on the other hand, she's like, "Girls are stupid." Like, well, I think she like literally says, "Most girls are dumb." I think the only time yeah. she has said, "I'm not a boy, I'm a girl," was when they didn't recognize that she was Arya Stark. So and, like, yeah, and so yeah. like her ability to do things was taken away, like get into King's Landing. Yeah, but I yeah. think that honestly, anytime she can pass off as a boy, she's a pretty happy creature. Yeah. Which or at least, or at least well, she can be. Being a little girl is boys. kind of useless, yeah. right? She For doesn't have. Least, yeah, she's not interested in being a traditional girl. She's gonna be a lady. She's not gonna she's use her. Stories. Yeah, she's not gonna like use her sexuality. You know, well, she's, like she's nine. she <laughs> wants to be like a boy. Her power is the fact that she can sword fight and that she's fast and that she's sneaky. And she's, she's smart. She's she's smart. Good at boy things. Things. She's quick yeah. on and she's quick on her feet. Thanks. Weird. Let's have a drink about that. And I think that's actually, like, maybe I'm getting too analytical here, but I feel like that is a, I don't know, a trope that a lot of girls will fall into when they're trying to, like, rebel against, like, I don't know, like, feminist, not feminist, mm-hmm. like, feminine, I don't know, constraints. They'll be like, 
being a girl is dumb. I hate girls. I like boys so much better. Because that's the thing that like I used to do too. But what was actually happening in my brain, I didn't I didn't realize it was that I was like I don't like the typical like feminine constraints. I want to be able to do what I want to do. I don't hate girls. I, I just don't like being I don't know only treated like a girl when it's bad. I yes I very much agree with you. I think that like it bothers me very much. And I, this is nothing to do with Aria. I think that Arya is just too young to know the difference. Yeah, it's not her yeah. fault. Well, um, like, Brienne has kind of got this, like, male identity in a certain way, in spite of being, a, you know, interested in men, The sexually. difference is, is that Brienne is mature enough, A, but also self-assured enough, she's not like, women are stupid. Yeah. yeah. She forms yeah. bonds yeah. with other women. Like, she forms exactly. a bond with, with Catelyn. Catelyn. Yeah, yeah, she's like, like I'm gonna see, work for you. We see her, like, acknowledging yeah. the power and yeah. strength and good of other women. Mm-hmm. And she just doesn't want to be a typical woman. Arya doesn't... Yeah. Really mean it this Aria way, but a like lot of childish. She's childish. She doesn't, yeah. she doesn't understand. About. And her her reference of like what a girl is is her sister Sansa, who yeah. court, who by her definition is kind of dumb, and what she knows yeah. Sansa is pretty dumb. Yeah. To be fair, um, but there is a thing that a lot of women do that I think is really negative and and like bad, where they're like, oh, I don't want to be like other women. I'm going to hate other women exactly. for their womanliness. Like, oh, I hate hanging out with girls. I want to hang out with dudes. And, that's and like, I used to totally that's, do that, that, too. that does not make you a stronger woman. No, that it doesn't. At all. Like, a, a, don't do that, ladies. It makes you a jerk, yeah. like, actually. Like, find find the good and the, like, don't hang out with chicks that annoy the shit out of you, mm-hmm. obviously. But find like, good ones. Yeah, well, I think find good it. ladies to be your friends. Yeah. But the thing about Arya is that if you're not you're a traditional girl. You're an outcast, and therefore you resent other women because yeah. they because you're being punished for not being like them. I, I think that's Arya, the thing about Arya is that yeah. you know when her dad is letting her do the sword fighting and stuff, she's super happy and she's content her, and it's her okay. Her only allies are Ned and John. Yeah, but her yeah. but women are in her allies because they all look down on her for not being like them. And here's the and thing: they're I don't all trying all to change her. Like, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. I don't think Arya hates women. I think she hates ladies. Mm. If that makes sense, yeah, that's I mean? very different. She hates like societal like. Conceptions of I would be so. I mean, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I, as far as I remember, nothing like this happens. But I would love for Arya to meet, like, Brienne. a stronger female character, like, yeah. like, like Brienne or Daenerys, Daenerys mm-hmm. or Yara Asha. Yeah, like what would she? Yeah, if she met Yara, let's talk about that. Like, or Wildling Tonks, for, or Wildling for, Tonks for poop's mm-hmm. sake. Yeah, like <laughs> Wildling Tonks. I think Yara is really interesting, though. Like, I, because yeah. she's like, I'm a girl. But she like sword fight. She does. She's basically exactly what Arya would want to be. Yeah. yeah. Like. Yeah. But she. But she's not like. But but Asha. I mean. Asha. Yara, I always get her name mixed up. Wait. Yara. Let's call. Her, let's call her Lady Greyjoy. Lady Greyjoy. Like is never like. I hate being a woman. That's never an issue for her because because you know Cause being Balon, a woman isn't a bad. Yeah. Because Balon never made it a deal. Her femininity. Her her gender is never an issue. Like. It's she has taken at face value for who she is. It's like, oh, you're good at leading, up. and you can like sword fight and stuff. Awesome. And then yeah. you get to lead and be in sword fight. So. Yeah, who's yeah. like he's a total asshole. Who's like totally an asshole, yeah. but in the case of his daughter, is pretty yeah. decent dad, decent ish yeah. dad. Yeah. But, so, but I feel like if like what well, man, what would Arya do if she met someone like that? I don't think she'd feel the same way. Oh, no. she's she's working. I mean, first of all, she's really young, so like you can't even matter her because she doesn't know any better. Um, yeah. Also, feminism doesn't exist in Westeros. Cause, so, what can you do? True. Has she honestly spent any time with any women that are not her mother, or Sansa, or Septa Mordain? No, no, she's really not. She Cersei. doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, or Cersei. She hates she, Cersei. She's, yeah. she's met Cersei that we've seen twice. Yeah, like twice. Yeah. yeah. So she really doesn't know any better. And I feel yeah. like if Arya, I would hope anyway, if she met 
like a more positive female role model that yeah. was like more along the lines of what she was interested in. And she'd be like, oh, well, girls are stupid. But as we talked about last time, she also identifies very strongly with the historical female warrior character. Yeah, exactly. So she like Nymeria. She's not only Nymeria, exactly. So she's not only saying like, oh, my heroes are men, but she just doesn't have any heroes. They're like the same thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like she, well, well, that's one of the things I liked about how Ari is talking about, like kind of myths of, um, wasn't it women? It was like a, it was female dragons or something. It was like the Those dragons were, were actually yeah. Not and Arya is kind of talking. What, what, but what was that thing where she's telling? Um, oh, they're talking to Tywin. She's talking to Tywin there, about the the myth. Yeah. Or the, yeah, the story was, of the gods, or whatever. There was she's a like, prince. Oh yeah, and they were women. There was a prince, and yeah. he had, he had sisters. Yeah, he had sisters. Because yeah. dragons were actually not gendered at all, which is yeah. super weird. Because huh. they're yeah. called boys, though, they? They're not anything. Yeah. They're not, not gendered. gendered. Huh. They, but they use yeah. male pronouns. To talk about them. Yeah, they? but they're yeah, like but like God. There are like, like male and in female. the Spanish language. Yeah. You know, yeah. he is yeah. your default. But they're not gendered anyway. But yeah, she's talking about like this prince's sisters and like and his sisters and and I liked that moment because it was like. She's thinking of she, that was the moment where you see her looking at other powerful women as a role model, like that story. So, she can, so obviously, Ari doesn't think all women are stupid. She just yeah. doesn't like. She doesn't want to be a lady. She That's doesn't all. have well, real women like, in her real life. So the only thing she's got are a few from stories. Yeah. She also says very distinctly, "Most girls are stupid. Not yeah. like most females. Not most women. Girls, which is mm-hmm. probably true." Probably most boys are stupid too. We, Annie and I saw O Town. We were <laughs> you're real stupid. We're not dumb. Sorry. Yeah, I painted my room hot pink. That was dumb. <laughs> Why did yeah. I do that? That was that was embarrassing. Baby pink. Oh man, <laughs> it's very light. Okay, that makes me feel better. Oh man, no, see this always makes me feel better about myself. My mom's periwinkle. It was. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, um, there was some. Like, there was pink trim. I feel like we have we have done a very good job of covering what we didn't cover last time, and maybe we should get to wrapping up. Yeah, I agree. It's getting a little long, as much as I... Yeah, it's my bedtime. I know you guys like Uranus, but... Um, um, I'm gonna miss you. You enjoy your day, girl. Yeah, I mean, I think overall, again, I know we, we already kind of mentioned this, and I think we talk about this every time we do Line Women Westeros, but um, I think that Game of Thrones is a wonderful series for women to watch. There's a lot of cool role models in it. Obviously, fantasy is not just a genre for for dudes, even though it kind of gets stereotyped. First of all, I think a great majority of our podcast listeners are women. Yeah, so, I hope so. I think they're, I mean, from the people, that I, the people that I interact with, there's a lot of a lot of girls who listen to our podcast, and like, thanks for doing that, and thanks for, I don't know, showing that that stereotype is wrong. Because obviously, no, like, I was like, I was that girl reading fantasy stuff in like middle school, all awkwardly, like reading Redwall, like, I really like to read about animals and sword fights. Uh, and that's what I did. Like, obviously, we we exist, and you know, mm-hmm. e- even if you didn't grow up reading fantasy stuff, like I don't know, Betsy, I, I definitely like, did not. But I read about dragons. Yeah, well, what was that dragon stone? Oh, There's like dragon riders of Pern. I don't know when that came out. I read yes, a lot that, about that horses, one, yeah, yeah. which is not fantasy. But, but but regardless, though, like I mean, fantasy, like as as a piece of fiction, like as a genre of fiction, has merit. It can say a lot of interesting things about society. I think it says a lot of interesting thing, interesting things about feminism and like women in society. And I, yeah. I think it's totally worthwhile and, to read and, 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 yeah. and to analyze. Like, and I yeah. think that, that this is that Game of Thrones has become a huge part of our pop culture. It really right has. Like it's blown it's, up. It's insanely yeah. popular, and there's a lot of heat coming from people who haven't given it a full shot, or yes. at least aren't considering it in ways that I think that they should. 
regarding it's really easy to what reduce it, things. It's it is, really easy but, to oversimplify. But I think that the show teaches us and teaches all of its viewers a lot about what they need to think about in terms of yeah. how we relate to each other as gendered beings. And, yeah. and like, if all it does is make you think and like, kind of like, have a pleasant argument with someone about it, then awesome, like work your brain like that's good yeah (laughs) that's a good thing to do like yeah so the next time you hear somebody like oh i don't want to watch game of thrones there's too much rape and tna and it's completely sexist do your best to be like hey maybe not yeah like and like if you if you agree if not or you're gonna say yeah those really hot lesbian uh, prostitutes like playing with each other's asses are really fun we love ass play yeah (laughs) show me your fish pa yeah, that's no. at least five times. Yeah, you, yeah, you've like really gotten your like oh, yeah. your fish, fish pie, pie level. Fish pie. Um, one more time. Fish so, pie. yeah. So I guess in fish pie, Bessie. <laughs> Bessie's overcome with wine. She's just full of wine. So I guess on that note, we should probably yeah. end our podcast. So, um, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, so much, guys. you can you can find our general podcast at Cast of Thrones on Twitter, um, but you can find me at Jennifer Cheek. You could find me, Betsy Cohen, at that Betsy lady, and you and you can't find it. You can't find Annie. She's yeah. gone. She's not on the I'm internet. I'm not here. But Sorry. if you if you guys want to talk to Annie or tell her that you think she's yeah. a sexy voice or that you <laughs> she's so cool, or if you want to give me a job at a great nonprofit, yeah, or like hey, be your BFF hey, in Brooklyn. If any of you had it. a part time, really interesting nonprofit job for an overqualified, awesome grad student. I'm your girl. me and I'll tell Annie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because she needs one of those. Um, yeah. Also, if any of you guys know about adopting dogs in New York, Colorado. <laughs> Betsy really wants a dog. I'm really looking for She wants a dire wolf so bad. Give it three months, and then you'll change your mind. Um, two weeks. So, <laughs> no. anyway, if you have any thoughts about the episode, tweet at us, let us know. I'm sure... No, you need to do Oh my god, so much dog talk. Um, if you have any thoughts about the episode, just let us know. Like, I'm sure we'll do another one sometime soon, so... Give us ideas. And, and uh, I'm going to have to probably buy a microphone for us to do that. Yeah, Bessie needs a so real yeah. real send, microphone. Send me some Rex. Send me, send uh, me a microphone. Send yeah. her a microphone. microphone. Buy it for her. Buy me a microphone and I'll, yeah. I'll talk to you. Okay. In my, in my weird wine voice. All right, and so that's guys, all for Women, Wine, and Westeros. Yes. Keep on riding that donkey. Cheers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>